Design Pickle is a big supporter of everything on Seminary. If you haven't heard, they are a flat rate, unlimited use graphic design service helping churches across the nation. We're a proud client of theirs and love how they help us make social media graphics and those downloadable PDF article summaries that we've been sending out. Even if you have a designer, you need to check them out. To learn more, visit designpickle.com forward slash churches. On that same page, you can watch a totally free 30 minute video of me and the founder of Design Pickle talking about modern church marketing and of course pickles welcome to the unseminary podcast are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further faster have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world hey you're not alone join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary buckle up and let's get started with this week's unseminary podcast well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Rich, the host around these parts. Listen, uh, we're so glad that you've decided to spend some time with us today. We do these podcasts because because we're hoping they'll, they'll encourage you, but also challenge you. And I think today's podcast is really going to do that. We've got jo- Josh Moni from Turning Point Church. So glad to have you, Josh. Welcome to the show. Man, thank you so much. What an honor. Oh, this is going to be great. For folks that don't know, Turning Point Church is a fantastic church. If you don't know them, you really um, should lean in and get to know them in Lexington, Kentucky. Josh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your church? Give us a kind of a flavor of uh, Turning Point. Yeah, well, I, I would say uh, when we when we started the church, we said, you know, Hillsong Church was going to be known for its music. Uh, <laughs> we got we got churches like um, uh, Healing Place Church in Baton Rouge that's going to be known for their missions and outreach. Mm-hmm. And and I just said, man, let's let this house be known for the restoration of the family. Mm-hmm. And so very cool. We just it's a real it's a real heartbeat of ours and and uh, something that we spend a lot of time talking about and focusing on. And uh, but the church, I would just uh, the the way that I would describe what a weekend would be like with us is. I want it to be like fresh air breathed into your lungs, mm. and every Sunday when you walk out, I want it to be like we took something off you, not put something on you. Oh, very cool. And um, No, that's very cool. When you talk about restoration of the family, what does that look like for you? How does that kind of work itself out as a practical kind of um, focus for your church? Yeah, well, um, the, the, the focus of our group life, and, mm-hmm. and we're a very groups-heavy church. We're, mm-hmm. In fact, we would say it in this way, we're a, we're a church of groups, not with groups. Right. Very cool. Um, and so uh, we're very groups heavy, and so we focus heavily on married, uh, child raising, mm-hmm. young marrieds. I mean, uh, blended family, uh, mm-hmm. all those. We really focus on that. Um, but then um, uh, marriage events and weekends are really mm-hmm. the only kind of extra thing we ever do. Right. And but we don't do events just for events' sake. We only ever do events to try to get more people in our church into marriage groups. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're just really trying to drive that. Um, so, uh, and, and, and then the byproduct is we've had several families that were like legally divorced, like wow. papers signed, right. done. They paid the bills. <laughs> done. It's, it's over with. Right. That we have remarried. Wow. That's incredible. Uh, yeah. So it's just, it's been really neat to watch God just, I mean, just yeah. fully restoring families from affairs and just, I mean, you name it. Right. And he's just, he's bringing them back together. And it's just because it's just a, you know, I, I came from a mess of a family, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, and so we just said, man, um, I think God can pour life back into that barren place, that thing that the mm-hmm. devil tried to take from me. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I mean, every time I stand up in front of a couple that had been ripped apart, that we're putting back together, it's just like God says, I didn't f- forget about you and where you came from. Mm-hmm. I'm redeeming that time. And it's just a really, uh, it's just a sweet reminder that um, 
that he brings us through something so he so that we can bring other people through something oh very cool amen that's great that's very cool well you know if if people kind of um resonate around your church a little bit they start to see that it's not really just a one-man show there's a lot going on there's a lot of teams a lot of kind of groups of people that are are lead in is that a fair assessment that's kind of what i see from the outside but is that what you're is that the way you see it that's very much the hope. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I have been constantly working since the day we started the church to work myself out of a job. Mm, very cool. <laughs> and, uh, so how do you do that? Let's let's kind of dig into the team. You know, I think a team. Everybody that listens to this podcast probably says, "Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah." I can't do it all myself. I know that. I know that. I know that. But how do we actually build teams? What was what does that actually look like? What are some handles we can give uh, church leaders today to be thinking about team based ministry? Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, I, th- I think you know to use the old John Maxwell, uh, everything rises and falls on leadership. Mm. And so the problem is, I just don't think we feel comfortable or have a good, like you said, good handles on how to get the leaders first. I mean, mm. teams don't matter um, if you don't have leaders, um, <laughs> right? And so teams without leaders are just groups of just groups just, of people standing places <laughs> just standing around and, and confused and coming and quite honestly coming to their own conclusions mm, yes and so we've got to have great leaders the, the problem is we we don't i don't think have a great strategy for that a lot of time mm. in in the local church and mm-hmm. we kind of go with the down here in the south we kind of go with the hey any, any of y'all want to help you know right 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 and, um and so it's more that volunteer base like Whoever's standing around, mm-hmm. you're going to get recruited. And the mm-hmm. only way you can become a leader in a lot of churches is you just, you just have to outlive someone. <laughs> and, That's true. And so, and so we just thought, okay, let's let's get intentional and w- let's look at the greatest leader of all time and kind of see what he did in mm-hmm. terms of building a great team. Yeah, what are you pulling out of kind of the life of Jesus, you know, and, how, and applying that to your church? How are you kind of looking at his model, you know, of team leadership and using that in your church? Well, he didn't use the volunteer method. Okay. He didn't say like anybody want to run the kids ministry, uh, <laughs> you know. Anybody want to hold a baby? Yeah. He um, the Bible actually says when he when he would go from kind of looking across the crowd to pick the twelve that would be with him. Mm-hmm. The Bible actually says he went away and he prayed all night long. Mm. So the first thing that I say, and not to over spiritualize it, but definitely not to minimize it, you got to get away and pray. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that there are great leaders in your church. That you that God's gonna have to give you eyes to see mm. um, who that is, um, and so he went away and he prayed. Mm-hmm. And, and quite honestly, the people that he picked weren't finished products. <laughs> right. um, they, they weren't finished products. He just felt like God said, "Man, if you spend time with these twelve guys, something great's gonna happen." So he prayed, and I, I would say the first thing you got to do is you got to got to seek God. The second thing he did is he selected. Okay. Yep. So he didn't. He didn't say who who wants to be in my twelve. Mm. Um, hmm. He he prayed all night. Then he searched over the crowd and he picked. Right. Okay. Um, and so you've got to identify those those leaders. Now, how are you getting in the orbit of people to actually get out and do that selection? Because I think we default to the like, hey, let's put a form up on a website if you're interested. We'll fill it out and then we'll kind of sift through that group. You know, in a church your size, it's, you know, once you get up over a few hundred people, it becomes very difficult to, to get a sense to how you know people. Tell me about how you're doing that. How are you selecting people? Well, it's it's funny. Um, the, the way, what we're looking for might be a little different mm-hmm. um, than, I'm not necessarily always looking for the hardest worker in the room. Mm-hmm. 
um, which is typically what we end up selecting to be leaders mm. in our churches. Mm, that's a good so, word. Um, so in our church, we say it in this way. We celebrate hard work, but we don't elevate it. Mm. We <laughs> elevate gatherers and team builders. Mm. And so when I'm in the crowd on a Sunday morning, people coming and going in between services, I'm just watching for the guy <laughs> that there is always people standing around him. <laughs> yes. Because um, typically what we do is, so I'll give it to you how we normally do it in church. The, mm -hmm. the guy, we, we go through and there's a guy wiping down the window of the cafe and you're like, man, what a great servant leader. He's so mm -hmm. passionate about it. And then you come back the next week and that same guy's wiping down the window and then three weeks later, he's wiping and you go, man, you're the leader of everything in the cafe. Like, <laughs> Not true. Well, he was super faithful and he was yes. there. But we did we we elevated a hard worker. We didn't elevate a gatherer and a team builder. Oh, this is such a good word. I want hope the church leaders are listening to what you're saying. I think we do this all the time in churches. We take people who who are really good at doing things and make them leaders, and then we beat them up when we're like, "Stop doing things. You need to be leading and multiplying people." As yeah. opposed to you know the best way to find a leader. I had a coach once say to me, and I live by this all the time. The best way to find leaders is there are people who already are leading. How do right. you find those people that are out that are that are gathering? folks really despite you if they're gathering people yeah. around you uh, yeah. around themselves yeah very good that's very good if you're having trouble with developing a leadership pipeline mm -hmm. um, have some people that you're wondering about have some barbecues at their house right <laughs> the, guy, the guy that it really doesn't matter what he does in terms of invitations it really doesn't matter what food he's prepared mm. 50 people are going to show up because he's the man right that guy needs to get pulled in and given some place to influence somewhere because right. here's the reality. He's already influencing. Mm -hmm. You're just not dictating in any way what that influence looks like. Mm -hmm. Now, do you have any kind of, um, you know, when you're out selecting, do you have any kind of, I don't know what you'd say, kind of guidelines for the kinds of people you're trying to select? Or, or is that just kind of like all gut feel, all kind of, you know, the sniff test? I once heard a leader say, well, I find leaders by the sniff test. I get close and I, I sniff them and see, you know, what's that like? What does that look like for you guys? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I think there's a little sniff testing going on in our church. We, mm -hmm. We're looking for some divine flow, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, um, I love, Bill Heibel said it years ago, he looks for several things. Character. Mm -hmm. um, are they just people of good character? Mm -hmm. um, do they fit your culture? Mm -hmm. And really for us, we're a loud, we laugh. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's going to be, so do you fit the culture? If you're just meek and mild and just kind of scared in a room full of people like, you're probably not going to fit in our staff culture really well. It's probably mm -hmm. going to get probably going to get run over. We're telling mm -hmm. jokes. We're laughing. We're slapping everybody on the back. Mm -hmm. um, do, do do you have some competency? Mm -hmm. um, and are you called? Mm -hmm. Like if if you're not gonna if you're not if we don't hire you if we don't do anything with you are you still going to try and help? Right, 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 right. And when you find those guys, that's who you really want to start gravitating towards the highest levels. Mm -hmm. of leadership in your organization. And the way that I tell people, I need you to let me treat you like staff before I can pay you like one. Mm. Oh, that's good. That's very good. Um, and so let me treat you that way. Let me hold you to that character standard. Let me hold you to that call standard. Mm -hmm. Let me hold you to all those things. And then here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Lead so well that if I don't hire you, I will lose leadership credibility. Mm. <laughs> like, like put... Tie my hands behind my back. Right. Force me. Like if, if they say, 
you know, Josh just obviously isn't a good leader if he can't recognize that this guy over <laughs> here is killing it. Like, when you put me in that position, you have grown us to a place where I have to hire you to keep moving forward. Right, right. Very good. And then we get to, then we, that puts us in a fun place where we get to actually hire what's happening. Mm. Rather and, than just hoping or hiring potential or it might work out or, you know, that sort yep. of thing. So we've prayed, we've out, we've done some selection. What, what else do we need to be thinking about? So the, really the third thing, so he, he prayed, he selected, and then he invested. Okay. What does that look um, like? That, well, I, I think we need to understand that they're not a finished, they're not a finished work. I see mm. a lot of pastors that put people in position, and then they spend most of their leadership life actually upset that people aren't getting it. <laughs> um, it's true. And, and if I read Ephesians chapter 4 right, that mm -hmm. my job is to do the equipping, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Equip God's people for works of ministry. Yes. Why in the world would I ever wake up mad that I still have a job? <laughs> right. Once they get it all, once they understand everything that we're trying to teach them, they don't need me anymore. Mm -hmm. And so, so what we've got to come to grips with is the idea that, man, our job is to equip. Like, we're okay with it not always being okay. Right, absolutely. What, what does that look like for you? Kind of practically, how are you equipping? Let's kind of take maybe a new leader. We'll start there. So someone who you're, you know, you've, you've identified them. You're like, hey, this is a person who they're killing it in their area. How do we, what are you doing to kind of equip, and, equip them and invest in them? Yeah, well, the first thing that you have a responsibility to them to come up with is the standard. Okay. Um, I, I, unfortunately, I think we get a lot of guys that we're bringing in mm -hmm. that we say, go lead this thing. Then we stay frustrated at them or disappointed in the output. Mm -hmm. But the reality is they are, they're only ever chasing an opinion. Right. When you write down a standard, when it's a written standard, that's mm -hmm. why the Word of God is so important for the, com our, the Christian community. We have a written mm -hmm. standard. Mm -hmm. When you have a written standard, you can always point back to the standard. Mm-hmm. When you don't have a written standard, all you can ever point back to is an opinion. Mm, that's good. So in most cases in our churches, we have leaders that are just chasing down our opinions. Mm. But when you'll write down a clearly communicate, this is how you greet in this church. Now, mm. it can be, we say clearly written standard, but I, I would maybe expand that to say just a clearly communicated. We live in the 21st century. Let's do some videos. Mm, mm -hmm. of, Take a two-minute video of what it means to actually greet at your door. Mm -hmm. Put it on a YouTube channel that's just for your team mm -hmm. so that people can go see, okay, that's the standard. Mm -hmm. um, most of the time, we don't give that. We just stay frustrated that they're not where they are. So <laughs> right. you, you, you've you got to know the standard first, mm -hmm. and it mm -hmm. starts with you. And so if you don't have it written down, you're pro honestly, you're, it's, it's almost dangerous and a little negligent to be building teams. Right. Because you're just going to frustrate yourself and them. Mm. Yeah, that's very good. And, and, and are you doing that across the board kind of for all your roles? You're trying to find it's, you know, basically what are the areas that we're not writing them down and we're not communicating it clearly and, you know, making that happen? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have, um, I, I was in the military and mm -hmm. so they, they call them SOP, Standard Operating yep. Procedures. So we, so we have a standard operating procedure for every role in the church. Hmm. Um, and... And when that new person is asked to be a part of that thing, mm -hmm. what they're sitting down with first is this is what it looks like. Right. 
Yeah, oh. don't miss this, church leaders that are listening in. A standard operating procedure allows you to scale your leadership by taking the time to wrestle through with your leaders. What is the, the normal way that things should happen at your church? That allows you your influence to ripple out and continue, really for you to lead when you're not in the room. That's what yep. it's all about. It's allowing you to continue to articulate, this is what we're looking for. Uh, very cool. Now, what happens if somebody, you know, it just doesn't, it starts to not work out. There's a leader who it's, you know, maybe things aren't working right. I'm sure it always works right at your church. So, you know, yeah. maybe what would you theoretically do uh, if it didn't work out? <laughs> yeah, well, so hypothetically at other people's churches, this is probably <laughs> exactly <laughs> what it would look like. Right, right. Um, um, the, I, I think we, I think a, a great leader should always default to the reason that it didn't happen right or they didn't execute isn't their fault, it's mine. Mm, that's good. Give a, uh, I, I start and we train our, our staff to assume that the reason that they aren't doing it right is they haven't heard it enough. Mm, mm-hmm. um, you know, we tend to forget in the church world that we're in this seven days a week. You, you woke up this morning thinking about church mm-hmm. and how to lead and build. They didn't. They, they're just trying to get to work on time. Right. Um, they're thinking about, man, it's Friday night. We're probably going to go catch a movie. Right. I mean, there's, they, they haven't, and then come Sunday morning, mm-hmm. um, about nine in the morning, <laughs> 15 minutes before they're scheduled to be there, they start thinking about you again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and so we assume, man, they just haven't heard it enough. And so, mm. go, so we say you got to know the standard, but then the next thing a great leader is going to have to do is communicate that standard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we say, You've communicated it enough when it starts to like make you sick at your stomach when you're saying it again. Right, right. You're just like, it's like I can't even, I can't even imagine. Like, how are you not getting this? Right. But then the third thing is you got to enforce that standard. Mm-hmm. Like you can't. You've got to be willing to have the difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say as pastors, ninety-five percent of what we do, a reasonably, a reasonably educated high school student could do it. <laughs> right. That's true. Right. I yes. mean, think of. I mean, most of what we do most anybody but you and I have a job for the 5% mm-hmm. for the 5% of conversations that nobody wants to have right right uh, and so we've got to be willing to say so to use another John Maxwell he said everybody in your organization needs to be trained mm-hmm. so we assume that's a hundred percent they need to be transferred they're just on the wrong seat of the bus mm-hmm. and that's probably not their fault it's yours because you put you put, put a you put a window you put a window washer Mm-hmm. Okay, into the all over the entire cafe. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just need to be transferred into a better seat, or they need to you need to let them go. Right. Now the let them go, we just assume at the end of the day we never we never let somebody go because they're like because of output. Mm. Um, it's typically back on that end of its character. Right. Uh, or call. Yeah, definitely. Very cool. I, another way I've heard it articulated around the kind of ensuring people understand and know that the standard is, you know that you're starting to communicate it enough when people start making fun of it. Um, right. You know, when they're like, oh, well, you know, this is how we're supposed to stand or this is what a good guest experience is like or this is, you know, oh, you know, are you doing the right thing as a worship leader, you know, today? Um, but if, that, if that's not happening, you're probably not communicating it enough. Yeah. And I, I, think, I think we typically... Um, we typically shy away from these difficult conversations, mm-hmm. especially when we're dealing with volunteers. Yes. And I would just beg pastors to stop doing that. Mm. 
because um, uh, here's here and here's why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, years ago, we got this horrible thought process in the American church that said that um, discipleship is learning a bunch of Bible verses and going to Sunday school every week. Mm. And um, but discipleship isn't memorizing a bunch of Bible verses. The mm-hmm. devil of hell quoted scripture to Jesus. <laughs> it's true. Um, yes. Um, so it's it's the application of the information mm-hmm. that you have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, so when you ask them, when you insist that they're there on time, mm-hmm. when you insist that they dress a certain way, when you insist that they um, treat people with a certain manner of, when you insist that they submit to a healthy authority, mm-hmm. when you insist that they honor, when you mm-hmm. all those things, that's discipleship. Mm-hmm. So true. It's, it's not getting them to go to your Sunday school yes. or it's not getting them to go to your, your small group even on a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Discipleship. It's when you give them tools to be better, lead better, and have more influence, and they do it. Yes. And then when they don't do it, they're mature enough to have the healthy conversation to dial it in. So we never make apologies for having high expectations, and we never even we don't even think of it as like a volunteer or a staff. It's it's we're all being discipled, mm-hmm. and so we're all readily stepping into those standards because. We need to get better every day. Man, this is fantastic. This has been such a great uh, great conversation today. I'm sure it's been challenging for folks uh, that have been listening in. Is there anything else you want to share just before we turn the corner into the next part of our episode? Hey, even Jesus had a guy that didn't work out. Mm. <laughs> um, and so it's okay. Yes. it's oh, Have permission to put people in place um, and it not work out. Right. It's okay. It doesn't make you a bad leader. And here's the other thing. It doesn't make them a bad person. Right. Um, there are just some people that don't need to be on your particular bus. Right. Um, you, be okay with that. Most of us teach the body of Christ, but we just don't believe it. Right. Um, and so we think when somebody leaves our body, there must be something wrong with them. Mm. <laughs> um, no, they're not leaving our body. They're leaving our part mm-hmm. of the overall body of Christ to hopefully get in the part of the body that they were created for. Yes, yeah, that's a good word. I think, you know, sometimes we get so much, we put so much pressure on ourselves and on our people. Um, and we forget that, you know, by trying to avoid getting team members like that, we don't take the risks and we don't develop people and we don't, because we're like, well, we're, we're looking for fully baked leaders who have it all together, where that's yep. just not the case, right? Jesus yep. took a risk on, on like you're saying, one guy didn't work out, um, that, but that's just a part of it. That's a part of the game. If the, the flip side of it is if we, if we are only looking for fully baked um, leaders, we're never going to develop people. We're never going to see some advances for sure. I think that's a really good word. And the reality is they didn't become great leaders until he was gone. Yes. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so he did such a good job of communicating the standard mm-hmm. that when he left, they were able to step into all that he had for them. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Well, we're going to jump into the lightning round, that part of the episode where we ask the similar questions of everybody that's on the show. Today, we've got Josh from Turning Point Church. Just a great conversation today. I've been so thankful for it. Josh, what's an online resource you're using these days that's kind of helping you in your ministry? Man, um, I don't know if you've heard of it yet, but it's called Slack. Yes, and great tool. It is Tell us just, about it. It's just great. It's it's basically in our staff now has replaced email and text messaging mm. for communication through the whole staff. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, if you haven't if you haven't spent any time on it, the the only way it's going to work if you would ever want to open it up and try to implement it uh, for anybody that's listening, the only way it's going to work is you have to get a hundred percent buy-in. Yes, because if they're if you're using Slack, but then they're still texting you questions. 
and then they're still emailing you some stuff. It's going to become very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just said, okay, this is what we're going to. We want a one-stop shop that's going to ha- handle all of our communication. Email's too slow. Text message, it's too messy. We can't track it. Mm-hmm. Let's put it all into one animal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to, my, my staff would text me questions, and I just wouldn't respond. <laughs> like, nice. I'm just not going to respond. Right. But once you slack it to me, I'll respond. And yeah. it just took, took us a couple of weeks. Once we got the buy-in, that's where all communication is living, and it's so fast. Yeah, fantastic. If you have, an, if you have a team of you know, even two or three people, um, Slack is a great tool. You definitely need to check that out. What's a book you've read in the last six months or so um, that you know, is really shaping your thinking and your ministry? Well, it's Dr. Samuel Chand. He said it was a book called Cracking Your Church's Culture Code. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a very, I think it will give you some very healthy um, labels mm-hmm. um, in terms of identifying your church's culture and then help you pick based on those where you are. And mm-hmm. then I think practical steps to help improve that a little bit. Very um, cool. We're, we're probably none of us are doing as good as we think we are. <laughs> That's um, very true. So Fair that's a great book. Um, what's another ministry you're looking to that inspires you? Um, the, the, it would be the Association of Related Churches or mm-hmm. ARC, mm-hmm. Uh, an organization that I get to be a part of that actually mm-hmm. helped start our church. So mm-hmm. if you're looking to ever plant a church, um, this organization, I think, is just one of the best. And, and um, they get behind you. The um, Church planting is one of the hardest things you can do, and it's one of the most failed endeavors mm-hmm. of any business mm-hmm. but arc has a 93 percent success rate after the five-year mark yeah, the church incredible. is still healthy viable growing doing well so that an organization called grow mm. which is if you've all if you're already going mm-hmm. as a church and just want to uh, put in systems and structures and strategies to help you break uh, through different growth barriers mm-hmm. um, it's uh it's growleader.com and and uh, it's Pastor Chris Hodges at Church of the Highlands. It's, it's something they started. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get. They're trying. His his vision was to help a thousand churches break a thousand. Yeah, it's great. By just taking these principles and working them in your in your church, and it's it's pretty amazing. Very cool. Um, if you could get fifteen minutes with any leader alive today, uh, who would you want to get that with, and why? Uh, it's just my pastor. Yeah, Pastor Chris Hodges. Um, he's just one of the great leaders in the local church in mm-hmm. the world today. Mm-hmm. Um, he leads at such a high level and with such with such amazing intentionality mm-hmm. um, that really everything that I understand in terms of and, and there's very little that I've even said today that wasn't directly or indirectly influenced by him as a leader and so um, just everything from how he leads his kids mm-hmm. to how he manages a 15 year old church of 45,000 people. Yeah. Um, yep. He just, he's just one of the great leaders in the world today. Fantastic. Well, I'm sure leading at the church, you know, it's a lot of work. And when you're looking to just kind of kick back, relax, you know, have a little personal time, what do you do for fun? So um, I, I got to play some college football when, oh, nice. every, when, when everything was, when my body looked incredibly different and everything <laughs> wasn't sore and, and hurting. And, uh, and so nice. I like anything, though, where I can compete, yeah, totally. um, even still. So, um, you know, marathons, triathlons. Um, done, 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 done some Ironman triathlon. So it's a, I like that kind of thing. Very cool. Well, Josh, I appreciate you being on the show today. If people want to get in touch with you uh, or with the church, how can they do that? Well, our, the website is turning point CN as in church network, mm-hmm. turning point CN.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and our contact info is on there, but, Great. or you can catch me at Twitter, which is just Joshua underscore Monty, M-A-U-N-E-Y. 
and uh, you can hit me up on Twitter and, and we'll, we can, we can chat that way. Nice. Josh, I really appreciate being on the show today. Have a great weekend. Man, it was a blessing. Bless you, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.